positive today. So turn in your Bibles to, uh, let's see, let's begin in Matthew 28. And uh, I, I'm calling this Stay the Course. Now I was, I was stirred and, and I, I found, um, I began to, to pray and God was just some things stirring in me. I had this, this picture of, of just staying the course, holding our ground. You know, I, I, I haven't said much about the conflict over in, in uh, uh, the Ukraine and uh, what's going on over there, but uh, we need to, as Christians, stand with those believers, those that are frightened for freedom, uh, to help them to stand their ground. Uh, it's very, uh, actually, uh, Dr. Arnell, uh, one of the uh, OSU professors, uh, posted on his, uh, I don't get on Twitter much, but he posted on there that one of the ag people that he's connected with uh, over there in the Ukraine uh, had posted a video of how to send things that you could buy at Academy or, or you know, uh, I don't know if it was ammo, body armor or what, but those guys are taking up there on those normal citizens are even taking up arms to, to fight and stand for their freedom. And, uh, you know, the, the thing I prayed this morning uh, as I at the at the stock show when I did that service was that that, that God would act in a, um, supernaturally on behalf of those who are standing and fighting for, for in that just like He did the children of Israel. Uh, I, I realize there's certain things that are going to have to happen for the end times to come together, and obviously we're not going to pray that away. God's going to bring things to to a close at some point. If that's the time we're living in, then then awesome. We're ready. What I want to do, though, is stand with believers and believe God for miracle-working power of God to happen. That's why I love that first song. You know, you're the same God now that you were then. That God, that same power, that same forgiveness, that same healer, that same deliverer, that, that, that is available now, and I believe God's at work in their lives and just praying for them. I know many will, will suffer, many will, will die for their freedom. And uh, just a reminder of how valuable that is. I grew up as a kid, you know, in the Cold War days. I remember, you know, worrying about uh, these kinds of things. And not that we want to get into a worry, but we want to stand our ground. And that's not really what my sermon's about so much. But the world we live in, there's so many things that knock us off course. It, it's so easy to get distracted by the cares of the world. It's so There's, there's many of you that I, I know are facing challenges today uh, that are either seen or not seen. Some of them are just within you internally. Some of them are, are things within your family. Some of them are things within your job or career. There's all different kinds of level uh, of, of things to cause anxiety and stress. But, but God is that faithful God. And that's why uh, that song was so uh, powerful is because it, it just it continues to hold, help us to see that's where we have to continue to have our focus is that God, you are a God that does the same sort of miraculous things uh, now in this time. But you know, sometimes the, the challenges of life will cause us to drift or cause us to get off course. And so there's a constant alignment wasn't it interesting how we went through last week all those days of hardly any wind, beautiful weather, amazing, amazing uh, weather that it was so wonderful. And then we had like yesterday the wind. Anybody know, if you were driving, you noticed a difference. It was a little tougher to hold your vehicle on on the road. It was different. Why? Because there was a force against you. 
And see, as Christians, we have a force against us. We live, first of all, in a, in, a, in a world that's imperfect, a world that's under a curse that Jesus has redeemed us from, but yet we have to live through. You know, we're, we're not of this world, but we're in this world. And so we're, we're at a constant battle where that's concerned. We're also uh, in, in a spiritual battle. When you, when you de dedicate your life to Jesus Christ and you determine you're going to live for God, you're going to have opposition. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, it's hard to be in business as a Christian sometimes. It's hard to live a life and walk in, a, in an environment that, where, where no one else is a Christian. It's difficult sometimes. It's tough to stay your course when, when sometimes you're believing God for something and you don't see any change over time. But that's why we settle beforehand what our course is and where we're going to hold our ground to. You know, I was sharing this morning at the, at the pig show, at the hog show, uh, that, that we've, I've learned to uh, trust and trust my life to God long ago. And there was many times where we could have given up or quit. There's many times when it didn't look like anything was working, nothing was changing, but God could continue to be our, our stable ground. And so a part of our uh, uh, process is to hold our course and, and, and maintain that. In Matthew 28, uh, verse, verse 20, I'm going uh, to get over there is what I'm going to do, first of all. Uh, and uh, the, the, the after, uh, I'm going to read, I'll read verse 17. He says, uh, when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. You know, here's the thing. When, when Jesus shows up on the scene or people present the, the word of God, there's going to be an opportunity for doubt. The first verse there, it's, it's amazing, uh, out of the, uh, uh, we're not to that verse, it's on the screen quite yet, but, but on the rest of verse 18 says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth I'm giving to you. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus, he, he said, I'm giving you authority. I'm giving you my name. I'm giving you the, the right to use what I and, and do what I've done. That was what Jesus' assignment was in the earth, or, or what his job, or not his job, but his, his, uh, uh, the thing that he was trying to do was to transition from demonstrating God's will to releasing the authority for them to walk in it and continue to operate in, in what he had done and, and continue to do those things. And he passed that on to his disciples, and then it was passed on to the rest of the body of Christ. That's why I love the song that says he's the same God now as he was then. There are those that think that, you know, the, the power of God is somewhat limited or even many of the gifts and, and the things and, that God has done has passed away. You know, it's, it, I always tell people, you know, you, you telling me that some of that has passed away is a little late. I'm not, I've already seen too much. I've already, I've already experienced too much where God's concerned. I've seen God do too many things where miracles are concerned, where healing is concerned, where spiritual things are concerned. I've seen God, heard God, realized God in a way that, you know, it's like I'm swimming in the pool. You can't tell me there's no water in here. <laughs> too loud. I'm swimming. I'm, I'm in it. I, I'm in it. Now, does the, but yet... Even with all that experience and all, and seeing God do miraculous things, there still comes times where there's doubt. There's still times when I have to wake up and realize, look, I'm drifting here, or, or I'm, 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 I'm battling here, but I keep my course, I hold my eyes, keep my eyes on the author and the finisher of my faith, Jesus Christ, as he says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. So we keep our eyes set there. 
So he's giving them or challenging them. And, and he goes on there in this verse 20, and this is the one that, that I wanted to put up there in the Amplified. He's, he says, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you, and behold, I'm with you, I'm with you all the days perpetually and uniformly and on every occasion to every close and consummation of the even to the even to the very close and consummation of the age it's hard to read that off that sorry but notice all those words that he said on every occasion back that up to the slide before that to perpetually uniformly I mean, it, 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 it means without pause, without, uh, you know, things being inconsistent continually, he says, in every occasion. That's the thing that, that he wants to get across to them. But he says, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And he says, surely I'm with you always to the end of the age. I'm surely with you in every circumstance, always. You know, there's times whenever it feels like you, you might even question, it's like, God, where are you? You, you ever been that? And then you've been in a dark place or in a, in a hard place, a difficult place, you say, God, where are you? And at times you say, man, I can't see any change. But see, that's where when I teach about faith, I teach about faith as this is, God, this is what you've said, and I'm settling it. This is where I'm going to hold my course to. I'm not going to be influenced and affected. I'm going to by by things that I see, by by challenges that I feel. You know, when when I've settled my faith in a promise from God, we talked about that for several weeks of how to activate your faith, of how to of how to find the Word of God, how to how to speak in line with the Word of God, and then how to act. You know, I have to act on the Word of God. I told him this morning at the, at the hog show, I said, you know, there were times when I first gave my life to, to Jesus Christ that I didn't feel saved. And I've told you that before. I didn't feel saved. I didn't feel good enough. I didn't feel qualified. But faith says, uh, Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if we believe in our heart, confess with our mouth that Jesus is the Christ, God raised him from the dead, we are, we are saved. And I have to take God at his word in that. Now, that doesn't give me a right to just do and act any old way I please. But it does challenge me to keep going back to God and entrusting that to God. Because here's the thing, there's, there's an enemy out there, there's something out there, there's a force out there, kind of like that wind was. You know, I was driving the old 97 Dodge. It's a little loose in the front end. There's a little play in the wheel. It reminds me of the old 73 Ford that I, and it wasn't that old, but that's what I learned to drive, that stick shift, a one-ton. And you know, that sucker, uh, we had one place that we called the Ghost Place. The Ghost family had, had owned that place, and my dad and mom had bought that and cleared it all. And it was three or about three miles, three and a half miles from the house. The, the cattle guard was about three and a half miles from the house. And so, I, 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 you know, when I was, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old, I'd get to go over there and check cattle. And, and I learned to drive that and, and get good driving a, a truck with, that was that old 73. Well, that, you know, you, you, everybody knows that, who's had an old Ford especially. I mean, there'd literally be that. And it's big old wheel, you know, because it was kind of power steering. But, you know, it was, it was just not, not real good. And, and you had that big old steering wheel, and, and, and there was a lot of play in there. 
And of course, that road over there, uh, out there on, on, it was funny, our, our ranch was on the edge of Romano State Park, and you are, it's set up on top of the hill. And it's set up on where the sandy ground was, but when you went east towards the park, everything was uh, red hills and, and jip hills. It was, it was the end of the Gloss Mountains went down to there. And, and so there, were, there was the, the rock and the jip and, the, and that kind of ground. But then when you went west, it was sand. And the further west you went, it, you get more sugary than, than ever. I mean, it's like the old, the old sugar sand. You get down around Canton and Longdale and down in there. I mean, man, there's some sand down there. It's blow sand. And, and and so we'd hit those road on those on that dirt road going over there. There'd be and especially in the summertime there'd be those pockets of sand. And you're going down through there, flying along, you know. And and what I did, any kids? Yeah, well, yeah, I can handle it. Uh, I, I just learned to drive a little faster ever all the time. And so I start out, you know, I'm I'm tooling along there like a mom speed, like mom would have been proud of me, you know, running along there, 35. And you hit that old sand and you, you know, and you, you learn to, whenever you correct and you do all this, really, if you just hold it steady, it'll do itself and, and it will end up on the other side all right. And, of course, I'd build up speed and there were some nice little hills and I, I got to where it was, uh, I won't say how fast, but uh, that was a long time in the process. But I learned to, you got to remember, I grew up in the era of, of Dukes of Hazard and some of that kind of stuff, smoking a bandit. So uh, we, we were trying to push some of that, uh, some of those envelopes there. But, you know, the thing was that I had to learn how to stay on course. Now, now one of the things, another driving illustration that's, that's funny because I remember at one point we had a conversion van. We had this van and, and it had a short, really snub nose. I remember like an 80s model, that old, old big old van, big old van. And I got in that thing and driving it and I could not keep that thing on the road. It was the weirdest thing. It kept wanting to go off in the ditch, and it was going there. And, and finally, whoever was, I don't even remember who was with me, but whoever was with me finally said, are you looking down the road? Or are you looking right over the hood? Well, I was literally doing like a hood, like I, I'd look over the hood of a, a you know, because I'm short, and I, was, and I was young and a little guy, and so, you know, I'm, I'm just seeing over the hood, and I'm, I'm judging the road, looking at everything off the front of the hood. Well, in that short little nose thing, I mean, I'm looking right down here. You ever notice that? If you're teaching a kid how to drive, you got to teach them to look down the road. you got to see down the road in order to do all this. You can't focus right in front of you. I realized that even with Kenzie. I was, and I, we were, I was teaching, I was like, look, you got to look down the road. That way you can see. Now, what's the value of looking down the road? We can anticipate what's coming. We're ready for it. We're, we're able to see the lines. We're able to see, see things coming ahead of time. We got to maintain, but we got to understand and know what our authority is, what's been given to us. We need to understand uh, the how what our assignment is, and then we got to notice that I love that verse. That verse twenty it says, "Teaching them to obey." Teaching them that's so important. So let's look at Second Timothy uh, chapter three, and Second Timothy uh, is a uh, uh, this chapter or this verse 1 of chapter 3 is such a, uh, I think it paints a picture of the world that we live in, where we're at right now. We just have to always remember God's with us. He's setting our course. In verse 3, or verse 1, I should say, of chapter 3 of 2 Timothy, he says, but mark this, there will be, a, there will be terrible times in the last days. The, the King James says perilous times. There'll be terrible times. There'll be challenges in my uh, other Bible, my Spirit-filled life Bible. It gives a definition of what terrible times or perilous times mean, what that word meant in the Greek to them. 
It meant a pressure. It meant a crushing. It meant a squashing. It meant that, that type of force. And I believe we can feel that oftentimes in this world that we live in. Now, maybe not all the time, but occasionally we feel that. But verse 2 says, he describes the people, he says, in these last days. He says, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a, catch this, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Boy, he gives a, a description, I think, of the world that we live in today. I know that you all know people that, that would fit into that. Hopefully, hopefully you, you're not one that fits in that, but how many of us at times could fall into any part of, or some of that, not maybe all of that, but there's times when, when we could get things out of kilter. We could get things out of off course a little bit. We could begin to drift. There's times when we could become too focused on something that, that we wouldn't walk in love. We would, we'd, we would refuse to forgive. There's times we might say something slanderous about something. Sometimes we might not have the self-control that we'd like to have. There's going to be times that we would fall in those. But the difference in those of us who fall into sin or fall short and fail and those who live there is that we recognize it, realize it, and, and repent of it. When we ask forgiveness, we're, we're turned around. We're back on course. You see, it's not that we walk a perfect life. It's not that we won't have times that, that we fall short. It's what do we do with that? How do we respond, and how do we get back on course? You know, uh, in uh, Proverbs chapter 24, we'll just look over there uh, real quick. In fact, just put Proverbs chapter 24 up there, and I won't even turn over there. Verse 10, uh, <clears throat> it says, if, you're, if you falter in the time of trouble, how small is your strength? It, the King James, I think, says in the time of trouble, you're, you're, if you falter, if you fail, your strength is small. Man, we don't want to be faltering. We don't want to be uh, weak. We don't want to fail. So how do we remain strong and on course? The first thing that I, I want to do is, is uh, one, one of the things I want to do is look over in 1 John chapter 5. We're just laying a little foundation here. 1 John in the back of your Bible. Back there, if you go to Revelations and then back up, you skip through Jude really quick, and you go to 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. Go to 1st John chapter 5. 1st John chapter 5, uh, you know, the, the books of the, the, the uh, epistles of John is what they call these back here. They're pretty short books. But in chapter 5, verse 4, uh, actually, let's go to, uh, yeah, 4 and 5. He says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. Everyone who, uh, again, he says, for everyone who's born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, within, that, within those verses, we see that, that there are those that overcome and there's those who don't. And he, he, really, he really drew it to a conclusion to say that when we give 
our lives to Jesus Christ, no matter what happens in this world, we're going to overcome. We're, we're going to, in the end, in the end, the end result will be that we, we overcome. We, we receive eternal life. But what about on a, on a regular basis? What about day in and day out? He says, let's look at ver, uh, chapter 4, verse 4. He says, you, are, you, dear children, are from God, or I think the King James says, of God. And notice this, it says, and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. You know, part of what we, we teach and part of what we, we, we grow in an understanding of is who, whose we are. I taught Tuesday night, I called it, who do you, uh, uh, who, uh, know who you are, is what I, I think I called it. Know who you are. Knowing and, and understanding that we're, we're in Christ and knowing that all He's provided for us, that we're the children of God. But a part of that knowledge and that growth is that we understand that we have the greater one living in us. We first of all have to have that understanding that we're, we're, we're of God. We're from God. We're, we're of God. We're God's children. But we also have to understand that the greater one lives inside us. And because of that, we can overcome those who are in the world. We can overcome all that the world brings our way, that we can learn to, to grow and, and be strengthened in what's, by what's on the inside. You know, a lot of times people pride themselves in being strong enough to handle anything. You, you, you know how to react in a, in a, in a crisis. You know you, you can handle everything. You can be super strong, and, you can, and, and I know people even that reject God and, and reject Christianity because they say, well, that's just for weaklings. That's just for people who need a crutch. That's just for people who need help. I'm, I'm strong enough on my own. And listen, you know, it doesn't mean that, that we're weak because we realize our need for help. You know, that's like, that's like saying, well, I can, I can, I know exactly, you know, you ever work with somebody or be, be around somebody, and, well, I know exactly how to do this, and, and you know, they, they don't listen to any information, they don't listen to any uh, help. Here's the thing, and we all have blind spots. There's, th there's things sometimes we don't realize, things that we don't see. And sometimes we can gather information, get, get help, and, and, and all that's good. You know, for the, for the person who rejects Christianity because they think it's, it's weak, doesn't realize you're missing out on a huge resource to make you better at what, you're, at what you do. You know, God's not looking to take away. I think a person who sees God, a, a relationship with God as a weakness doesn't realize all the benefits and all the blessing and all that comes along with walking with God. I may, I may admit to a need for God's help, but, but I see it as a huge resource. I always tell people uh, it's, it's like, it's like you know, having, having that checkbook and having a bank account and having it full of money and, and never learning how to write a check. I know today you know, kids don't know how to write. They used to go, oh, what are you talking about? That's, I just, you get your card out, the debit card. That's I I Venmo, you know, or I just do whatever. Venmo's pretty cool, actually. I don't want to go to all digital. I don't want. I still want my paper money, but by golly, that's a pretty handy little deal. You know, you want to you want to buy or trade or sell or you know, Kenzie be at the gas pump. Oh no, I mean, you know, you can't get gas. Venmo me some money. It's like, okay, we got you covered. But you know, not having what what if we had all that sitting there and we didn't ac access it? What if we're out there struggling? I can do it without that. I can do it on my own. 
Okay, well, you know, so you're, you're strong enough to do it on your own, but, but are you wise enough and humble enough to say, you know what, I can do on my own, but I'd rather do it better. I'd rather also have God's help. I'd rather also rely and grow in Him. So how do we remain on course and, and, and strong? First of all, we've got to build our faith. Let's look at Romans chapter 10. And I know we taught on, on faith over the last several weeks. But you know, there's a building process for our faith. And you know, there's also a maintenance process for our faith. And I don't really, I don't really talk about this a lot. Uh, but you know, we're, we're, we're vessels of God. But I think we're leaky vessels and, and we need to be reminded of things. Romans uh, chapter 10 and... Uh, out of the, out of the, it reads a little bit different out of the Amplified, or I mean out of the NIV and out of the King James or New King James. Um, but faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word is what King James says, New King James says. But out of the uh, NIV, excuse me, uh, verse 17 of Romans chapter 10, he says, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message of the, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Again, Talking about the Word as the message. But the understanding is, is that, and, and I talked a lot about this in the last several weeks, but that Word, the, the recognition of that Greek Word, the understanding was that rhema Word, that living Word, that now Word that comes when we, when we hear the, the anointed preaching or we open the Scripture in the Word of God and when we learn to develop a, a hearing ear for God's voice that He'll direct and guide us to the promise that builds our faith for the specific need that we have. It's amazing to me that, that whenever we can, we can spend time, at, you know, at a volatile time like we are in, you know, many of you are in business, many of you are, you know, you have investments, or, or many of you are, are banking on some things, as we'd say, of some things holding together. And when you look at all those things, you know, what I've found is, is there's one who has the answers, there's one who knows, and that's God. I may call experts in any different field. If it's in cattle or if it's in, you know, finance or if it's in whatever it is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call on people to draw knowledge. I'm going to read books. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to research. I'm going to do all due diligence, everything I can to find out. But, but ultimately, I'm going to pray to God to give me wisdom and insight in how do, what, what did you say about this situation and how do I progress forward? You see, when I, heard, when I hear the message of Jesus Christ, the first of all we've got to build our faith on is the salvation, that it comes through Jesus and the cross. But the second thing, or the rest of that story is, this book is loaded full of promises concerning anything and everything. And if we need insight and direction, there's scriptures, there's promises that, that, that teach us how to, how, what, what we have. We build our faith on that. So we first thing that we do to, to, to be strong and on course is to build our faith according to the Word of God directly tied to the promise that we have need of at the time. If it's wisdom, you know, I need to keep going back to the, the, the God, that the James says that if we lack wisdom, the first chapter of James, he says if we lack wisdom, we can ask and he'll give it to us. Now my promise is, the promise is this, that God will give us wisdom. Now what is wisdom? Again, remember, wisdom is the ability to apply the knowledge you have. 
gather all those things, and then divinely, by the, by the Holy Spirit and His leadership, He'll begin to show you how you fix that problem. He'll begin to, to give you insight. Here's, here's what I know. Here's all, the, here's all the options. Here's all the things out there. And then, God, you show me the, the one or two things that need to bring things into place and fix the problem. I woke up at like 5 o'clock this morning. I had, all my, I had my sermons, both of them done. And I, I was, I mean, I was going to sleep in. I had, I, didn't, I had my alarm set for like 6.15. I was really kind of irritated. I was like, man, Lord, you know, I woke up at 5 o'clock, couldn't go back to sleep. And I'm thinking about my cattle and thinking about that bi that side of the business and I'm I'm thinking about those things you know I'm I'm because I got some big decisions some things I'm I'm weighing out way how I want to proceed going into you know and, and and so I'm I'm weighing these things out I'm like okay you know uh, I really want to sleep right now but but I was going but here here was the thing an answer came at least a piece of it okay there was something that I've been praying about something I've been see here's the thing sometimes we, we, we have to train ourselves to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and His leadership. And then you have to begin to practice that. So here's the, here's, here's the way that God begins to train our, our human spirit, train us to follow that wisdom from God. In part, it's trial and error. You know, I always tell people, I said, the first, the first ways you'll learn that that was God's voice is usually when you miss it. He, he'll nudge you some way or he'll, he'll, he'll give you a thought or an idea and he'll say, you know, you really ought to deal with this. And you go, ah. I always, I always say that the, the time, one of the, one of the key times that I heard God's voice is I was, I was on the ranch and on the old sandy roads I was talking about, but I was, it was many years later and I was about 22 or 3 and, and I'm really trying to seek God and follow God and, and I, I was coming down the dirt road and I was like a mile uh, from a, a, a mile, I would have to drive a mile out of my way to go check one of our hot wires, electric fence around one of the wheat, one of the wheat pastures, and uh, the, the 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 Holy Spirit just said, "Check the fence." Little scratch, little idea, little thought, little little nudge, hot wire, check that fence. And I went, huh, I'm I'm ready to get home. I, you know, it's late in the, late in the day. You know, I was on nap. They'll be all right. I'll wait. I'll do it in the morning. I got a call about nine o'clock. I'm in, already in my, you know, chilling out clothes. Already had my shower. I'm ready to, I'm, I'm just getting ready for bed. I might want to go check, get cattle in, but the phone rang. Hey, man, you got cattle out. And I didn't even need to ask where it was at. <laughs> I was like, there you go. See, what, what did I do? I, I, I learned the voice of the Holy Spirit. I learned that nudge. I learned that wisdom from God or that instruction, that direction from God. You know, sometimes we want to we pray and hear God now, right? Too, that's the other thing. We want to we pray and say, God, what should I do? I, I need to make this big life decision. I need to do this, this, or this. What do I do? And, and, and you know, sometimes God's not a, in a hurry, and, and sometimes God's letting some things develop. Sometimes there's all kinds of reasons why. I, I don't have the answer of why God doesn't instantly tell us sometimes what we need to do. I think a part of it is it develops a trust in God to wait, to be patient, to allow things to be at work. We want to jump in and fix things, or we want to jump in and change things, or we want to do things drastically sometimes, and we got to wait on God and allow God to bring things in, into place. You know, uh, it, it's important 
that we continue to follow God and, and follow His direction. One of the things that I, I tell people where where making those big life decisions and praying and asking God to direct you and is, is to make that decision for yourself and then set on it. In other words, allow and then allow, if you can't hear God clearly and you're not certain, you say, okay, do I move? Do I change jobs? Do I do this? Do I do that? Whatever, what is this, what is this life, sometimes life altering, sometimes a small thing, but what do I do? You make that decision, but don't tell anybody, and you and you set back. If you're married, you know, and your spouse is a believer and you're praying together on it, then you separate and say, What what are we gonna do? And then you get your get your you get your opinion. There's times whenever Sue's really pushing, she says, Yeah, do it, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. I was like, well, just idle back. Most of the time it's the other way around. I'm like, yeah, let's go. And she's like, whoa, slow down. But whatever that is, when, when, when we're apart and then we have that agreement, there's two things that happen. One, we've probably heard God because two of us heard together. And number two, if it's right or wrong, we're together in it. If you do something on your, as a, as a couple, if one of you does something on their own, it's pretty hard to go back and ask, hey, come help me fix this problem if it's, if it's a problem, right? But if you did it together, you can say, you know what? We missed it, and we'll work together through it. We, we, we missed it here, you know? Now, what we also don't do is don't go back and say, well, I, I agreed, but I knew this was wrong. If you knew it was wrong, you need to say that beforehand, okay? You need to keep, keep the blame game out of it and all that kind of stuff, the rules for communication and work, but, but, uh, but, but entrusting that. But, but for yourself, when you're making decisions, make that decision and, let, and, let, and then see if you have a peace from God afterwards. See if you, as you be, even as you begin to progress. One illustration, and I'm going to wrap it up with this, but one illustration of that, whenever I was uh, at OSU, uh, you know, Sue and I got married out, right out of high school. I worked on a ranch, and then, you know, we, we were making a career change shift, and I went back to college and went to OSU. And I was in a, in a career path with, with uh, Federal Land Bank. They were going to hire us and guarantee us a salary, guarantee me a salary, guarantee me a position, all these things. Phenomenal opportunity. And they, they took like three, I think, two or three ag students out of the animal science or, and ag uh, deal, and I got to be one of them. And I knew the guy that was doing the program. He was he'd kind of helped me get to this point. And and I had that, and I had a security alarm business that I had an opportunity to buy and take over, or I went into full-time ministry or going going on into ministry. I had a, a ministry opportunity. Um, not, the, the, the one that paid the most was Federal Land Bank. The one who gave me the, the thing I, I really wanted was was to own my own business, was the alarm business. And the ministry was like um, we better pray and have faith because there was like very there was very very there was nothing solid in that financially or even position wise, but I but I was having to make those decisions. I was about to make the decision when we were praying about the federal land bank job, and I went into that went into that office, and the and the the guy with that program, and it was a like a commitment three year commitment. It was it was a commitment deal, and and they they he slides that contract across there and he says oh you just need to sign right here now i as soon i'd said you know sue was like okay i like that that's security that's really good pay that's i like that let's you know she was like we want to follow god's will but if we're not sure that's a good one let's do that <laughs> and i liked that too it, it sounded like an, and i look back on that it could have been a great career path but when it came right down to it i lost my peace 
when that contract came across. Now, why didn't God, you know, give me that long before? I don't know. But in that moment, and I've never looked back on that, we've never talked about, well, we messed up, we, you know, we, should, we could be making this, or we could have this, or we could have it. We could also have not been married. Because the life we've lived since then may have been a whole lot more of a struggle financially in, in a lot of ways, but yet with God providing all the way through, but, but we might not have been in an environment that would have held us together, that we would have, we would have made it. So with all that, I just challenge you, first of all, build your faith on a promise of God. I didn't get the rest of my points, but we'll, we'll work on this next week. But the challenge that we have is to, to, to stay our course, is to, is to make sure that we've, we're founded on all of the promises and all the things that we're building our faith on are founded on the, on the, on the promise of God. That we stay our course. Such a big part of, the, of that is settling it beforehand. Making a decision, God, when it's easy, I'm going to follow you, I'm going to trust you. When it's difficult and hard, I'm going to follow you. When it looks like everything's working and miracles are happening, I'm going to follow you and not, not drift off course. And when it looks like nothing's working, I'm going to stay faithful to God. I'm going to trust you. In the midst of it all, I'm going to, I'm going to trust you. And you know what? Where decisions are made. If you make a, a decision as best you can with the information you have, and then you find out later on it's a, it's a, it's a, it was a mistake. You know what we do? We repent before God and say, okay, God, now help me get out of this. Help me fix this problem. And you know what? He remains faithful to help us do that. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you and we praise you that, Lord, with you, with you all things are possible. Father, I pray that we would, we would help to, you would help us to grow in our knowledge and understanding and, and recognition and the way that we see you. That, God, you're the same God now that you were then. People are, are, are sometimes at fault. Sometimes people disappoint us. Sometimes we, fa we falter and fail. But, God, you're faithful. And, God, I pray that we just continue to continually grow in faith to see you as that God who makes a way where there is no way. That you're the one who makes roadways in the wilderness and streams in the desert. And Father, when we're at the end of ourselves, when, when we're at the end of everything we can do, there you are. Father, we thank you and we praise you that you give us the, the hope and the strength and confidence to know that we, are, uh, we have you with, in, in our corner with us. So, Father, I just thank you and praise you that we'll build that faith to know and, and walk in that. Father, and I pray for anybody uh, within the sound of my voice who's not made Jesus Christ Lord of their life that, that they'd make that decision. They'd make that decision to say, Lord, I may not be good enough by my standards or even the world's standards, but Lord God, you died for me, and I'm going to receive that free gift of salvation based on the goodness of God and your love for me. And Lord, I, I repent of my sin. I invite you, Lord Jesus, to come into my heart and life, and I confess you. If you can, if you can make the decision and pray the prayer to say, Jesus, you're my Lord, you can be born again. And Father, I pray that after making that decision that they'll, that they'll come to me and and or someone close to them if they're way off somewhere else, that they could grow in the things of God. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right. We've got something to think about all week, don't we? So stand in with me, and uh, we're going to sing What a Mighty God We Serve. Hallelujah. <laughs> 